Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Today's topic is addressing something I've been hearing about from so many friends lately, which is feeling disconnected from yourself. Sometimes our life looks pretty okay on paper and we're lucky enough to have meaningful work and relationships, but still deep inside, we feel nothing. Our guest today is Rodrigo Carvaedo, an animator and writer based in LA who started practicing SGI Nichiren Buddhism a few years ago when he moved to the US from Brazil to pursue his career dreams. Ever since then, he's been working really hard and taking steps forward in his career. But halfway through the pandemic, he started to feel a deep sense of inertia. It immediately reminded me of the countless conversations I'd been having and witnessing in the last year. Your life looks fine on the outside and you're going through the motions, but inside you're really struggling. So today, we're gonna discuss how chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, the essential practice of SGI Nichiren Buddhism, can help you reconnect with yourself and find a sense of fulfillment and purpose in the face of inertia, apathy, burnout, or just feeling lost. In other words, how to reconnect with your own heart. Here's Rodrigo. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. I actually come from Brazil. I moved to the US in 2017, and I come from a tropical island in Northeastern Brazil. And I'm calling in from LA. I've been living here in LA for three years now. And what do you do in LA? So in LA right now, I'm a student and I've been studying animation and screenwriting because that's what I love. And I have a bachelor's in engineering from Brazil. And right now I'm in the process of hopefully getting all my paperwork done so I can be here in the US for the long haul. <laughs> I see. Oh, very exciting. A lot's on the horizon, it seems like. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's also start with, you know, your Buddhist practice, just so we can get to know you a little bit. Um, can you just share, you know, how did you encounter SGI Nichiren Buddhism and why did you start chanting? Yes, awesome. So I actually well, was introduced to SGI Buddhism the first week that I moved here to L.A., and it was interesting because I love animation and I love movies and I knew that I wanted to get into that industry, but I was never exposed to any of it. So I was moving to LA. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I reached out actually through Instagram to this animator that I looked up to and he is Brazilian. And I just sent him a direct message saying, hey, I love your work. I'm moving to LA. I really want to work with, with animation, but I have no idea how. If you have any advice at all, I would love that. Hmm. And it's when like two weeks went by and I thought he was never going to reply. I was like, okay, it's yeah, he's really busy. And then he replied and he gave me some awesome industry professional advice. But more than that, he mentioned, he said anything like the one thing that actually really helped me was actually my Buddhist practice. And he sent me some material and then I got to read more about it. And then he was the one who took me to an intro meeting. And that's how I came to know Buddhism. And it's funny because uh, in Brazil, Nichiren Buddhism is huge as well. 
So a lot of the times when I tell people that I'm from Brazil, they ask me if I was practicing, if I practiced before moving here. But you didn't. You just got yeah. back here. Yeah, yeah. I just like the first week that I was here in LA, and I think the first weekend right after that, I was already in one of the gatherings that we'd have. Like, so mm -hmm. it was awesome to move, like to this huge city that I didn't know anything, anyone, how I was going to pursue my professional goals that I had, but already find a community. And such mm -hmm. an awesome community. Yeah. Wow. That's a very unusual way <laughs> to encounter Buddhism. Yeah. But very cool. So what was your reaction like? I mean, were you like um, immediately interested in the philosophy? Was chanting easy? Was it weird? You know, I mean, it, for someone just kind of basically a stranger on Instagram telling you about it, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious what, what made you sort of dive into the practice itself? Yeah. At first, uh, I went to the meeting... Uh, it, was, it wasn't even an introduction, introduction meeting. It was a district meeting, which was kind of by accident that we stumbled on it in the community center. But it happened to be the same district that I'm a part of right now, which is awesome. Huh. But at first, when I joined the meeting and I saw everyone chanting and I was given the booklet, I was a bit thrown off because I had never chanted. I never practiced any religious seriously in Brazil. Like I grew mm -hmm. up Catholic, but I didn't, I didn't practice much. So to me, it threw me off a bit. Not the words as much, because I actually love Japanese and I've studied some Japanese. Mm. So funnily enough, the chanting and the words kind of came to me easily in a way. But just like the chanting took some time. And then after that initial uh, stage of the meeting that people were chanting in and started to actually talk about the practice and the principle of Buddh Buddhism, what Buddhism really entails, that drew me in because it aligned with a lot of things that I believed in that I had never found in any other philosophy in any other religion, like mm -hmm. being an agent in your own life, how you're the one responsible, how you make good causes and good effects, benefits come your way. So mm -hmm. all of that empowering message really spoke to me in a really profound level. And of course, at first I was a bit like, I'm not sure, like it's, it's a lot to take in, especially like I said, someone who I didn't know introduced me to that. But the more I studied and the more I was part of that community, the more I felt how solid it was. And I'm so glad that I was curious to keep practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That takes, um, I mean, it takes like, uh, yeah, definitely deep curiosity and kind of like courage to try something new. But um, I've heard so many people share that like, this kind of Buddhist philosophy already sort of captured what I believe, but I never had found something that said what I believed. So that, that definitely resonates. <laughs> I feel the same, same way. I mean, I grew up practicing Buddhism, but I, I feel like um, I would have been attracted to it for the same reason. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really funny because it's one of these things that, yeah, I have these loose thoughts on my mind that I believe in, but like when then you encounter Buddhism and they're all structured in <laughs> It sounds like makes so much sense. And, yeah. And then you're like, oh my gosh, yes, that's my thing. <laughs> totally, totally awesome. Um, so then when you first started to chant, you know, consistently, did you see yourself change in any way or kind of what happened or what was sort of the, um, yeah, what kind of transformation did you kind of undergo? I would say short term, uh, being more focused and having, you know, expanding my life force. So in a way, anytime I would go to some places or I would encounter some people that usually would put me down or I would be in a bit of a funk, actually, I would be 
the one influence in the environment. So that's something that, I, like, that's one of the principles that I love is how you're not swayed by the circumstances, mm-hmm. but how you are so solid after you expand your life, after you chant, mm-hmm. that you're the one influencing positively the environment. So that was one thing that I realized, like with people around me that, like I have like a few, few of those examples that I saw and I was really, really impressed. Like, wow, that works. And yeah, in the long run, one of the things that I feel like really connected to me was my ability to see beyond my need to be less egotistical because mm-hmm. I feel like moving here to, to follow a dream, it was like all about this step. What step do I need to take? How is this going to take me further? Mm-hmm. And actually being part of a community and being part of Buddhism has expanded my sight to, okay, I'm part of something bigger than myself. How can I be... Uh, how can I be a person of change? How can I help others? And that was something that I think Rodrigo from Brazil would not put as a priority. Mm. <laughs> and since I joined, I see that. And I, I have a long way to go on that. But it's always good to look back and be like, yes, I love how Buddhism has helped me break through that. Hmm. That's really, actually really interesting that you say that because... Um... Yeah, I mean, so many uh, people that I've spoken to, of course, you know, we're all motivated to practice Buddhism largely because of our own lives, our dreams, our struggles, whatever brings us to it. But um, but you're totally right, because you learn like right in the beginning that Buddhism is about practicing for yourself and practicing for other people at the same time. Like, we don't really believe in sacrifice yourself, you know, just to help other people. That's not reasonable. But then it's also not just selfishly pursue your own. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's really cool that that sort of naturally started to to happen. Um, and, and it's one of the things, like, if I may. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that I love about Buddhism. It's this balance. It's not, like you said, it's not just practicing for myself. and not just practicing for others. It's this mm-hmm. middle ground of practical things that we can do. And that's one of the things that drew me in in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, yeah, okay, so let me let me like ask another question just to get a little more context and we can dig into that. Um, so, you know, today's sort of topic or one of the things that we're exploring, exploring today is um, just the sort of internal shifts that are harder to make, especially when you're on the path to, uh, I guess, a quote unquote, external dream. And in your case, um, you know, you move to LA, like I'm sure many people move to LA <laughs> with <laughs> dreams, you know, of working in a certain industry. So um, can you first just share like, so we understand kind of your own dream and motivation a little bit more, what brought you to the US? And, you know, what, yeah, what is your dream? Why, why is it that you want to work in in animation and screenwriting? <laughs> yes. So uh, like I said, I grew up in this small island in Brazil. And it's a city, like we have like a lot of people, one million people, but I feel like there weren't a lot of creative opportunities. And since I was a kid, you know, like a lot of people say that's pretty cheesy, but I grew up with like Disney movies, animated movies, Mm -hmm. and that shaped me so much. I would spend hours like making my own booklets of like The Lion King, and I would spend hours creating my stories. So when I was five, I think, seven, I think. (laughs) I actually wrote a small book. It was like a hundred pages, like really tiny, but but like that was to me a way that I, that I could see myself telling a full story. Hmm. And even though I never had, I was never even exposed to this as an opportunity or 
as a possibility for my life. I think it was a bit of like the rebel artist, if you will, <laughs> inside me that kept pushing me to write. So through high school and through college, I actually studied engineering and it wasn't something I liked, but it was practical. I didn't know that I could pursue any creative careers. I actually kept writing through all these and I got to publish a book, a sci-fi novel in Brazil oh, when cool. I was um, 16, 17, can't remember right now, huh. I think it was 16. Uh, and that whole journey of taking one idea is literally just this thought in my mind and making it into a physical copy of a book inspired me that yes, this is a path that I can take if I believe in myself, if I strive towards it. And that was 2011 from 13. And that started my journey to come here to the US because I wanted to, to write. I would watch movies in the theater and see the, and watch the credits. And like, there are a lot of people working on this. And mm -hmm. of course I know it's hard. Of course I know you need talent, but if I'm just, if I didn't do anything, if I don't take action, I'm just gonna get older and I'm gonna regret. So I took stand and said now it's the time to act again like i had no idea how i was going to do it i was just like i'm gonna apply there i'm gonna go to school there and hopefully figure out a way and that's what i did so actually i lived for one year in alabama they got me a scholarship at auburn university i loved it there i still visit for holidays i have like my family there if you will like they mm -hmm. took me in as a as one of their sons and then i got to move i got the opportunity to move here to l.a where I've been making some, a lot of great industry connections and learning more about the craft of screenwriting and also animation in general. I so see. it all stemmed from my love for the medium as a kid and like how stories, how stories were a constant in my life. Mm. Yeah, I can so relate to that on many <laughs> levels. <laughs> I also, yeah, love to, to write. And um, it's one of those, I, it's actually one of the things that I, I loved about Buddhism and why I decided to start chanting as a teenager was also just this idea that um, you don't have to have any regrets in your life, like you really can pursue everything. So I can see that that element of the philosophy probably also resonated with you when you discovered it. <laughs> exactly, because in a way, I mean, not saying that I had any actual conceptual idea of the principles that I was following, but I feel like my decisions that led me here to LA and also led me here to the practice were a bit already based in Buddhism. So you could say, like we say in Buddhism, that it was mystic that I was, that I wanted to come here and that I had these, um, this foundation behind my choices. Mm. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking like when you moved to LA then, you said that you, you know, fortunately you didn't know anybody and then you like stumble upon this Buddhist community, which I'm sure was very helpful and comforting. But then when it comes to your actual work and, you know, trying to break into the industry and learning your craft, um, I'm sure there was struggle involved in that process as well, you know? So what was that like? And then how did, you know, the practice of chanting daily affect your work? Definitely, definitely. It's, it's still a struggle. I think it's an <laughs> ongoing struggle because to try to break into the industry and, um, I would say the things that I struggled the most internally, even though I would not even acknowledge them, would be this fear of not being capable enough. 
because I had moved here my whole life. I had been more of a, if you will, like a math kind of guy. So I would be like really good at math, chemistry, physics. And writing was this thing on the side that I loved, but I had no idea if it I was good or not. So I, t- I was taking classes, but I wasn't sure if I was good enough in English because it's my second language. Like, am I good enough to write in a second language? And not, mm-hmm. not only speak on a second language or write like emails it's like writing an actual piece that's supposed to be read by other people and that was a a lot of struggle that I had and I think Buddhism when I was chanting I could feel I could not forget these doubts not ignore them because they're always a voice in your mind but push through despite them Hmm. be stronger than the voices and just keep going forward Mm. wow yeah you're describing um bootability (laughs) (laughs) yeah tapping into that like strength to yeah especially because i i imagine the creative process is also very lonely you know and so you're like working but then you also have this doubt i mean it's it can be very kind of consuming and isolating so to be able to push through that is not easy for any creative person i'm sure anyone listening would agree and People we've interviewed in the past who work in creative professions have all kind of spoken about that. Um, so, so I guess you know, practically speaking, then um, did you see any sort of conspicuous changes or benefits also in terms of taking the next steps in your career once you started practicing? Yes, I would say so. I think practicing general make me made me look deeper within myself, and I was trying to find my voice in my writing because of that. Mm. And I took a professional program at UCLA and we wrote pilots for TV shows. And the pilot that I wrote was based on my experience in my island and my hometown in Brazil. And it started simply as this genuine uh, desire to, oh my gosh, this is how I grew up. This is the story I grew up with. And as I was creating the story, I submitted it to uh, the, the UCLA contest. And when we graduated, actually June last year, so the pandemic had just started, everyone is like, no one knew what it was. So that was around June. We didn't have a graduation ceremony. It was just an email because of mm. COVID. And I remember seeing the email and going through the email and wondering, like reading the words of the professors, final considerations, thank yous, and they had the results of the contest. And I was like, oh, I wonder if the person who won was in my workshop. And I saw my name and the name of my <laughs> script. And I could not believe that when I saw that. I was speechless. And I remember calling my parents and just looking at the phone out of words. And they were like, what happened? And <laughs> I feel like more than the prize, more than winning, It was this confirmation, again, what I was saying about, yes, I could write. It was validation in a way that I could write in a second language, that I I was following the right path. And more than that, it was actually through tapping into my inner life, my own voice, Mm -hmm. that this story came to life. And I'm so, so grateful that the, the people who read it, they chose that one, that it apparently really resonated with them. So it's an honor that by doing this inner digging, 
I was able to create a story that resonated with people and therefore told me like, yes, keep at it. You still have a long way to go, but keep at it. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And yeah, I imagine how excited you must have been. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it's funny because I'm I'm now envisioning or this what I'm hearing from everything that you're sharing is that you um you know, kind of came here with these huge dreams and then you discovered this practice and you work really hard and you're on the path, you know, to to achieve the dreams that you know you're pursuing. Um but yes. then the <laughs> pandemic did happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um I yes. recall, you know, when we spoke um by phone that you mentioned that last year uh, towards the end of the year you hit sort of a low point with your career and started struggling with um, kind of like inertia and feeling connected to what you're doing, even though you were still taking steps forward. So um, can you just share about this this time period and, and kind of what happened? Yes, of course. So last year, I mean, it's needless to say that it was a challenging year. And I'm really grateful that I was healthy through it all. My family was healthy. But the psychological burden that everyone has been experiencing, of course, it was a huge impact. It had a huge impact on me, especially because I could not travel to Brazil. My family could not come here. Mm -hmm. We're really close. So it felt like this distance was stifling in a way. And last year, it was interesting because externally, I was making a lot of progress. It was last year that I won the competition. And then after the competition, it was just that pushed me to keep working harder and harder. Mm. So I do some art and I did some storyboards. I was taking classes. I was working on this script to send to people. I was reaching out to people in the industry. I was working on a second script. I was working on this short film. And all of that was this fuel that I got and this validation. And I was making great connections, making good progress. I was seeing my work being recognized but it felt empty as if I was just moving forward, but it was just this external empty victories as if all the praises that I got from the professors and even from really, from really from professionals in the industry, like big studios saying that they liked my work. They liked the storyboards. They liked the, the script. It never hit home. It was like, Oh, cool. I got, I was placed as a semi-finalist in this professional competition. Cool. It did not, it did not feel satisfying. It did not feel genuine to me. I was happy, but on the outside. And for some reason, apathy, inertia through the pandemic, being, being trapped in one place, being far from the family, mm. I could not fully feel what all this, those victories meant to me. So in a way, it's as if I was moving forward, but mindlessly going through all the challenges and tasks and without my inner self following through and coming along in the journey. Hmm. Wow, that's a really good way to put it, actually, your inner self not coming along for the journey. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I, I remember talking to a, I mean, I've had multiple conversations about this, but recently to a friend um, who felt similar or is feeling similar, you know, like I'm on paper, my life is moving forward, but I don't feel like I'm moving forward yeah. and I don't know why and I'm not sure what to do about it. Um, yeah, it's it's real. So, but, but then you also mentioned that sort of that, even that has started to shift and, um, I'm wondering how, 
Like, where did you even start in terms of Buddhism to try to address that feeling? Or, you know, did you realize, like, I need to do something about this? Or did it just naturally start to change? <laughs> no, it was actually like a specific moment that I realized that I needed to change. It was back in November, late October, early November, I think, that I had gotten a lot of these these awards. I was placing, well, all these victories were coming in and I just could not feel anything. I was, okay, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. And it sounds, again, like you said, I'm on paper it's great, but I'm, I'm not feeling inside. And it's even a weird place for you to complain to people because people are going to be like, yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then you're not. And there was this one instant that actually my family sent me some some homemade goodies. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that destroyed me because I realized how much I missed them. Mm-hmm. And I just like bawled that day. And that, that was the moment, like after I recomposed myself and everything, I realized I need to change. I can't be sad and miserable. I moved here for my dream, but I can't lose myself in the process. And that was a specific instant that I said, I need to, I need to change within for things to change. Mm-hmm. And that's when even throughout the whole journey, because it was so exhausting, I was doing like, I had like a task list from 8 a.m. to like midnight. It mm-hmm. was insane. I even distanced myself from the practice when I was in that low point of my life. In that realization that I had to change or else I would just like keep going down, connected me again with the practice, made me be an agent again. Like, no, mm-hmm. I have to be happy. I can't sacrifice my own happiness my mental health because of goals. I needed to, and then that's when I chanted, got back to chanting and reconnected, not only with the practice, but with my inner self and why I came here, why I want to tell stories. Hmm. And that was the key that needed to be turned for me to not only get out of that place, but actually find joy in writing, find joy in art. And that was crucial for me. Mm. I, yeah, that's really, um, first of all, thank you for, for sharing that because I know it's a very personal experience, but uh, two, two follow-up questions to that. So first, I'm just thinking, you know, um, so that, because we talk about the word happiness a lot in Buddhism, and I'm wondering what you mean by happiness, because we don't mean like just be joyful all the time. You know what I mean? And yes. if you are in that <laughs> kind of um, struggle, it's, it's difficult to even want to be happy sometimes, you know, especially when it comes to mental health or feeling isolated and all of the things you're describing. So, yeah, how would you define what you mean by the happiness you wanted to pursue, especially in terms of, of Buddhism? Wow, that's a really <laughs> philosophical question. <laughs> I love that, though. And yeah, it's exactly that what you said that in Buddhism, happiness is not just being joyful because that's unrealistic. Being happy um, is not is about embracing who you are and mm. becoming your best self. I would say that would be happiness for me. And not only that, because a lot of what I was going through was related to goals. Mm. And goals is this relatively intangible thing that's in the future. It's always in the future unless you reach it. So a lot of the trap that a lot of us fall and I found myself in that time was when I reach that goal, I'm going to be happy. And what does that mean? That means that you're not enjoying life right now. 
It means、mm-hmm. you're looking to the future and putting your joy there. That means you're never going to be satisfied. So, part of the happiness that I was looking for was the essence of why I wanted to tell stories and how I could embody that and be happy in the process of getting there. It's not about a job. It's not about making a show about my hometown. It's about finding joy in the process and joining the process, and also connecting back to the purpose of why I want to tell stories. Which in this case, like I shared,、uh, I got to chant about it, and that's when I came to realize that I've always loved. Again, I always loved t- telling stories. I loved watching the movies. I loved, and that inspired me to tell my own stories. And I came to the conclusion that to me it's magical how a story, let's say one of my favorite one, like I mentioned before, like The Lion King, it was made here in the U.S. by people in the studio, and it connected to, I mean, everyone worldwide,、mm-hmm. but in a personal level, it connected to this one boy who was watching it in a small island in Brazil, and it pushed me to pursue my dreams. It pushed me to my best, to be my best self. It pushed me beyond was what was expected of me. What people said, no, you can do this career, you can follow this path. It pushed me beyond that. So to me, that's what stories are. And if my stories, the stories that I get to tell in the future, hopefully in the near future, <laughs> if they get to impact one person, one kid, and make them follow their dreams, whatever their dreams are, that's more than mission accomplished. And that's what I reconnected with at that point. It was not about awards. It was not about compliments. It was not about that. Like, why do I love telling stories? And that's what Buddhism helped me reconnect with.、Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And、um, just yeah, if we could all reconnect to our purest selves, you know, with、um, yeah, no judgment, no external. Seeking of validation, all the things that happen when you grow、yeah. up, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I say that, like, I have that in the back of my mind, but of course, I still struggle、yeah. with that. It's, it's not、daily. like, yeah, it's a, it's a daily battle. It's not like I'm, yeah, I don't care if I if I don't get if I don't get a placement in the contest. Of course, I care, but、yeah. then I fight within myself to not take that as seriously. Yeah, 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 totally. So, so then, just one other follow up on this. I'm thinking, you know, practically day to day,、um, for anyone who's listening, who's like recognizing themselves and what you're saying, for example,、um, and is like, "Wow, I'm really disconnected from myself. I I feel like I need to go back to my why or just internally shift something."、Um, how did you like day to day kind of start? Your practice again. You said you had distanced yourself a little bit. I mean, what does that actually look like? You did you just wake up in the morning and start chanting a certain way, or did you call somebody or study something? You know, <laughs> just if someone wants to jump in, I'm thinking how can they also kind of begin this process of reconnection? Yes. So for me, so after that whole episode of the Brazilian goodies, a friend from Buddhist community reached out to me and asked how I was doing. So I got to share all that. With him, and he helped me reconnect with the practice,、mm-hmm. not through any pressure or anything. He just reminded of all the awesome principles that I came to connect with in the first place,、mm-hmm. and he shared with me something really interesting that I remember to this day, which is like sometimes we see this practice as something that we have to do, but he asked he asked me how many times do you laugh when you're chanting, because it's your life. 
it's your life. If you're that serious, if you're just doing it for the sake of doing, how are you making yourself happy? Huh. And that was one thing that shifted my mind. And he said, even if it's just a little bit, because you need to get the momentum going, reconnect and chant for a few and then chant a little bit more as you feel more and more connected. So also being um, patient with myself was something that I had to learn at that time. Mm -hmm. So for me to start with baby steps. And also, I remember... It's one of the things that we say the most is when you chant, you bring yourself honestly, like bring your honest self. It's not like you're chanting and you're hiding your worries, you're hiding your insecurities. No, bring them all out mm. and just be honest. Face it as it is. It's not going to be, it's going to be painful sometimes, but you have to face it. And I remember one day, again, it's going to be really cheesy, but I remember one day I was listening to a song from the Lion King called Remember Who You Are. And that's when it connected to me mm. that I had to dig deep, deep within myself to find this purpose again. So again, I know it's cheesy and I know that it's not going to apply to a lot of people to hear a song from the Lion King. No, but I in love practical it. terms, like you said, I think it's more about finding that pure inspiration. What mm. is the thing that keeps you going? How can you channel that passion that you have within yourself? And it's finding these things that represent who you are or that speak truly to you in, a, in an inner level and using them to propel you forward. So when I was more in rhythm with the universe, when I was chanting more, being more consistent with my practice, I was able to be honest with myself and reconnect with that through the song. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, it's, I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's awesome. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, it actually makes me think of this idea in Buddhism that, um, we often talk about, which is having a prime point in faith. And like for me, for instance, I mean, many times it's in the context of like studying Buddhism or like, um, you know, many of us view Desaku Kate as our mentor. So sometimes like that moment where you feel so encouraged by something you specifically read that you're like, this is me. This is why I'm practicing Buddhism. And then it becomes a point to which you can return to remember why it is you're doing what you're doing. It kind of feels like that. It's a yeah. version of that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's awesome because like I remember a lot of the times last year we had like a study group. Mm -hmm. And through last year, I think, Many people can't agree it was a really tumultuous year. So reading through Sensei's guidance was awesome. Just a shift in a perspective. Like it were some of the books that we read and some of the part the some of the texts mm. that we read was a shift in how I would see societies or how I would see human interactions. And that was one of those moments like, oh my gosh, this is so profound. I had never huh. thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I really increased my study last year too, because we're also trying to make sense of everything happening in the world and just to have a philosophy that is sound and solid and way deeper than my mind can think <laughs> to go to is, I mean, it has been so amazing is, um, I mean, this, this whole experience that you're talking about, you know, um, especially through last year, was there any kind of specific Buddhist concept or, guidance or quote or something that you read that you really have held on to yes yes actually i 
pull it up here if I can read it. Oh, sure. Um, it says, quote, everything comes down to faith and conviction. It is what is in one's heart and the substance of one's actions that count. And to me, that sums up, again, it's Ikeda Sensei's awesome words of wisdom that encapsulates in one sentence everything I went through in that experience. Because it was literally, I had lost touch with the heart behind my actions. And I had to find that substance again. So when he says, it is what is in one's heart and the substance of one's actions that count, that was channeling that through and reconnecting with my practice, with myself, that put me back on track to my own happiness. And again, happiness in a broad, in a more complete level, in a more complete manner than just being joyful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. And and so now, I mean, what this kind of turning point, I guess, was um, starting in November when you sort of had that first moment, and now we're almost actually a year later, which is crazy. <laughs> I just I realized. Can't believe it. <laughs> but um, how did you see this kind of internal shift then translate to your external environment or your day to day? Was it were you like spending your time differently, or kind of what changed on the outside once the inside shifted? Yes. Totally. And the moment that the inside shifted, I could go back to to my goals, especially like in that sense, when it was my career goals were were feeling empty. When I shifted it inside, I could see the difference straight away. Hmm. So I went back to writing. I finished another pilot and it was always, why am I telling this? And it was one of the most genuine pieces of writing that I've done. And I had fun doing it which was something that I could not do before that. Hmm. And also with the connections that I was making, it became more than, oh, I'm making professional connections. No, I focused on every single person that I was talking to being like, it's a human being to human being connection. It's not about, yeah, at the end of the day, it could be about something professional, but I want genuine connections. I want to get to know who that person is. And that has shifted so much. I found mentors, in the industry, I got to have meetings with like a lot of studios, which if you told me that last year, I would not have believed it, that I would be talking like to Disney, Netflix and Nickelodeon. And that's in that I see a lot of that coming from the internal perspective. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to connect with these people in a deeper level if I were in a bad place, if I had not reconnected with myself. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's major. (laughs) That's, I feel like I needed to hear everything that you just said, just the intention, bringing intention to your day, um, to every conversation, to, to everything that you're writing. I, it's so clear, like the shift that you're describing. Um, I'm just wondering, um, I guess based on your experience, you know, sometimes inertia or feeling disconnected to yourself looks like being unable to take any action And then at other times, it looks like taking so much action, but then almost kind of burning yourself out or feeling very empty about it, like you're describing. So for anyone who is kind of new to Buddhism, but kind of struggling with that type of disconnection, what one piece of advice would you give them if you could give them any piece of advice? I think the one thing, the one thing that I, not the one thing, but like one of the many things that I love about Buddhism 
is that we want to end suffering. And it's not suffering like external suffering. It's whatever is troubling you on a deeper level that sometimes even we don't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And in my journey, like you were saying, like you're that kind of person that works so hard that you burn yourself out. I'm the same, same way. And that was my struggle. I had to face that and find a way within myself to overcome that. Again, it's not like fully overcome. It's not like you you don't struggle ever again, but you learn to balance that and how not to be destroyed by that, not to be self-destructive, how to act wiser. And I would say the same thing works the other way around if the person like is struggling to start something, which is how do you find what's actually troubling you? How do you look within yourself in your spiritual mirror? Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's looking at yourself in a deeper level to acknowledge this is what's keeping me and I'm going to start taking baby steps to improve that and improve that and improve that. And when you see in no time, you're going to be like, wow, I am so, so way ahead of where I was at that place. So it might seem daunting to be like, oh my gosh, I am stuck in this place, be it disconnected with everything you're doing or not being able to take any action. But it's, again, it's this day-by-day day battle. And like every decision you make, are you making a decision towards overcoming this? Or are you making a decision towards falling deeper into this, your own trap, if you will? So I, I think it's like this inner battle. Mm, that makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I feel like even chanting just a little bit, you know, you you start to see it open up in a sense like you don't even have to think too much about it it just kind of starts to happen yeah and it's the one thing that i love about how practical literally it, it is how you do it every day is the fact that sometimes well life happens and then you're stressed over this and then that person the traffic pissed you off and then your coffee was cold or like a lot of things add up and at the end of the day your head is a mess and then you're like, no, 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 I don't want to deal with this. And the moment I chant, and I kid you not, it's instant. Everything clears out. And I'm like, why am I losing? Why am I so worried? Why am I getting stressed over these things? Let me actually focus on the things that matter. And let's say if that's in the evening, what can I learn from the day today? How can I be a better person tomorrow? So it's this step by step, step by step, building um habits that are going to push you forward one by one what stayed with me after talking with rodrigo is how refreshing it can be to honestly chant nam myoho kyo about how you're feeling and how much of a load it can take off your shoulders just to take the time to reconnect with your own heart and find your sense of purpose again i'll repeat the quote that he shared from ikeda here which reads Everything comes down to faith and conviction. It is what is in one's heart and the substance of one's actions that count. We've also published a few pieces at bootability.org on related topics recently, like what to do if you're feeling uncertain about your future, or six questions to ask yourself if you want to feel happier, and how to deal with rejection. Also, as always, if you'd like to learn more about how to connect with your local Buddhist community, email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. 
And finally, if you like what you've heard, please leave us a rating or review on whichever podcast app you're using, as this helps the show get discovered. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.